Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. And I'm Bradley. And this week, we're talking about the one, the only, the many, Hellhounds. <laughs> the one, the, the many? many? Yeah, there's, all, there's tons of Hellhounds. There's so many. We're going to talk about all the kinds. There's a large variety of Hellhounds out there. Oh, so. man. Typically, There's... we've been doing uh, monsters that I'm not familiar with, but I feel like I'm pretty familiar with Hellhounds. And man, I tell you, they are everywhere. They're in so many different like books, movies, shows, and I think their largest appearance is in video games. They are in so many mm-hmm. video games. Mm. So I, I, I a couple, yeah, <laughs> uh, one or two here and there, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, just some ones that really gave me gave me some trouble, man. Oh, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that in the very end when we start going through. And uh, we can actually, after we've gone through all of the different variations, we'll be able to kind of tell which versions of the Hellhounds that they have in the movies. Because, like I said, there's several different iterations and, like, slightly different so, versions you, of did, Hellhounds. Did you make, like, a printout, like, bingo sheet that we can... Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to gotta get them all. See who gets it first. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So I usually like to lead out and ask you guys if you've ever heard of the creature slash like what your kind of base knowledge is. But I feel like you guys are pretty, pretty well versed in that, right? I, I mean, they're they're doggies. The dogs. No, I would say 90 percent of the time they're dogs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, most of the time they're from some form or variation of hell, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you got the word correct for sure. <laughs> break it down and there you go <laughs> i feel so smart man yeah it's incredible they would be aligned with chaotic evil oh man you're bringing the D knowledge into the <laughs> into the equation i just meant like just in general like they're not like like they're just like would be like pure evil in most See, things no. like what if they're like, like the the police of hell though right that's yeah that's exactly great good you point know, keeping you in line the or they're like their handlers the police well, I mean, it depends well, on what you're, which way you're looking at it, but depends on how you view demons. I, for one, am for hellhound rights. So <laughs> I think they should be free to manage however they please without micromanagement. I thought you were going to say, I am all for demon police. Big fan <laughs> of them. <laughs> I was like, all I right. I don't know about that what one. A choice. So, yeah. And actually... Uh, that's one of the things that I think is kind of interesting about a lot of the lore that, that exists out there is like the modern day view and opinion of hellhounds is that they are like they're kind of like the attack dogs of hell and very vicious, mean, and almost always evil, like you were saying, Brad. Well, they're actually but, really sweet and kind. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of 50-50. Some of them are not actually as mean as they sound. Some of them are far more like like protectors and just guardians and then others are are that very vicious manipulative or not necessarily manipulative but but angry evil creatures that are that yeah. are portrayed in media so okay. it depends on which one you're going with but there are some that are se- severely less vicious and monstrous than they're te- typically portrayed which i thought I'm was just really super neat. basic so i just uh yeah <laughs> but the what was that Oh, I was gonna say I'm all for like the the variety though. Like, oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Absolutely. This is an episode that will bring a lot of variety to. The I agree, and that's like I think it's really nice to be able to 
Although there are there is some like convenience about having all of one creature be like basically the same thing and they all fo- follow the same trends. I think it's also nice to have them all be kind of like their own unique like personality and like each version, each being in that species is its own thing. Like they can choose their own path and what they want to do. And that's kind of how hellhounds are. Like some of them, some individuals or even groups are pretty mean, but then there's others that they're nice. But so there's they have like clubs. There's like the <laughs> exactly yeah, they got the club. chess club. You know the, uh-huh. the league jocks. <laughs> and then you Absolutely. got the nerds. Well, Cerberus is for sure. We'll talk about him later. He is definitely in the jock club, no doubt about it. That guy is so swole. I mean, he's so tall. He's probably right. Look at Chad, right? Yeah, absolutely. So would you he's say he's one... probably the most well-known hellhound? I would say so. Yes, though I would also say, and this might just be my own personal bias, that I actually very rarely think of Cerberus as a hellhound, although he is, in every sense of the word, a hellhound. I just usually think of him as like kind of a, a step above or like a step aside. From the normal one so i just don't usually associate him with that but yeah yeah i would say he's the most famous and yet also the least famous kind of at the same time i'm absolutely so. like the same way it's just like when uh when you had that written in the notes i was like huh yeah i guess he is like, yeah by definition he is a hellhound yeah so speaking of the definition that we're going to be going off of for these hellhounds and like the way that we are pulling which ones to look at, which kinds of kind of like, cause there's tons of different ghostly and like almost demonic dogs out there. There's, there's so much lore and so many different creatures in different iterations, but the, the versions that we went with to, for the hellhound definition is anything that kind of originates or is related to the underworld or the afterlife kind of thing, whatever they have in that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like depending on the lore that they come from, whatever their version of the underworld is, as long as the, the hound relates to that in some way, then that's where we're going to call them a hellhound. So even if the, even if that uh, lore doesn't have a hell per se, quote unquote, even if they're just like, it's called something else or it's totally different, it's still going to be counted as that. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you don't have to answer this. I won't might get to it, but are there like angelic hounds? You know, I did not see any while I was looking. Yeah, that's it. There you go. <laughs> Those are called cats. Um, <laughs> I didn't see any, but to be fair, I wasn't specifically looking for yeah, that's uh, probably divine a hounds. Thing. I would but... say probably what they would be called is divine hounds or whatever. But I'm sure that there's somewhat, some that exist somewhere that are at least somehow related to that. But which actually, now that you say that, would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, so, totally. But along that same lines of the visual uh, distinctness, because these guys, they don't often, they, they typically look a little bit different than your normal dog. They're not just like like spot from your na- your neighbor's house. They're just like friendly neighborhood dog. They're, uh, they're usually built a little different. <laughs> uh, so the hellhounds, some of their most famous characteristics is that their coat their fur is almost always black they're usually described as being like the color of coal or 
then also even sometimes like brimstone and even sometimes smelling like brimstone. So like uh, they often smell and look like they were kind of burnt. And some of them, some of the stories even talk about how the fur, even like beyond just looking like the color of burnt fur, they also sometimes have literally burnt fur on them. Like some of them are wow. look like a half burnt dog, which sad, but I mean, if that's what they look like to go with, then go for it. I'm not going to blame them. Man, it's just really but, hot and from well, wherever they're coming from, apparently. Exactly, yeah. Fire is the best way to like cleanse stuff, right? So they're just trying to be is like, it? I'm really trying to be clean, so I'm just going to burn like, oh, I have fleas. Let's just jump in the lava pit for a bit. Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> Those I don't fleas think will never know what hit them. <laughs> exactly. I don't think there's ever going to be fleas on a hellhound. I think you're, you're no. very safe from that. Well, Bed bugs, nothing. You're... Not- not to get off on too much of a tangent, but aren't some like forms of like hell, so to speak, like kind of like rotting and damp? Yeah, absolutely. And gross. That's, that's true. Tons of fleas with those, man. <laughs> probably should probably you true. Take your daily lava bath. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which that's exactly uh, that's actually a good point that you uh, raised. Depending on the culture, um, hellhounds will look a little bit differently. For example, a lot of cultures they have a fiery aesthetic to hell like their iteration of hell has is all based around fire and pain and brimstone stuff like that you know like that's the kind of the classic christian belief and then other cultures have it as well and so with those cultures their hellhounds are almost always very fiery and like they have fire shooting out of their mouth and eyes sometimes they even will leave like footprints of fire and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. with those cultures that's really common but with other cultures where that's not so much a thing that is not present at all, which I thought was really neat. Oh, really? For one, yeah. For example, one of them is uh, Cerberus. He the the underworld in Greek mythology was not flame based. It was not like all fire and stuff like that. So Cerberus, in all of his descriptions from the original like poems and things like that, he was never described as like fiery or anything like that. Though modern interpretations and modern views have made some that like have drawn pictures of Cerberus where he is very fiery but that's not his standard look which I thought was really neat because I mean like you're saying um I'm not super uh fluent in like Greek mythology but like isn't Hades kind of like just this like dark awful place uh yeah it, it depends on what section you're in in, down in Hades uh, so there's some sections that are like just pure like giant rivers there's some sections that are barren wastelands and then there's, there's even like some destroyed sections, cities and yeah stuff. there's some sections that are just destroyed cities and there's some that are like beautiful orchards and like massive mm-hmm. trees and stuff like that uh, so like it's really varied so but, pretty pretty devoid of fire yeah but that's the thing is almost none of them have fire I mean down further in Tartarus I think there is some sections that they talk about being fiery but usually in the main section of, of Hades there, it's not usually fire-based, which I think was neat. That like They also do the same thing in Norse mythology as well, which we'll talk about, where they their hell is not fiery, not even a little well, bit. It's, it's kind of interesting, you know, if you look around the world and at religions and like where they're based and stuff, you can kind yeah. of almost guess what their version of hell is. And it's really uh-huh. a worse place than what they live on. So right. like if it's like in Norse, I don't want to like spoil anything for later on, but like spoiled what, it. What's worse than already like cold, like frigid, ungrow like land that's not going to be grown? 
even worse cold yeah. you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally the arctic area. yeah yeah so absolutely kind of like you can like especially with the kellons and stuff you can almost like guess what they would look like their aesthetic what their hell would look like or whatever just based off of that and it's pretty interesting yeah based off of like take their like that culture's environment and like turn it up to a million or to yeah. take the negative portions of that area and turn it up to a million and that's what hell is basically that's it's absolutely like, true take the portions of life that suck the most make them suck even more <laughs> exactly <laughs> and now you're there forever oh, so. really. with dogs but yeah absolutely so like i said a lot of them have fiery aspects and some of them even like talk about leaving fire footprints or like scorch marks behind when they leave uh but then they also a lot of them whether they're fiery or not they often have glowing eyes which that either glow red but that's the most common color or sometimes they glow yellow so mm. that's the if you have a dog that has glowing eyes then it's probably a pretty distinct measurement that they might be a hellhound or you so. just left the flash on or or you might le- have left the flash on yeah maybe maybe get a video of them and then if they still have the glowing eyes maybe that's more accurate just a picture probably won't do but and then they also are equated with having really sharp teeth and super strength and speed and then they can also like be like ghostly and phantasmal so like they go invisible slash walk through things and then they also some of them have the ability to talk so, yo yeah i'd Do love to most, like, hear some stories demonic? about that or in whatever language it sounds like so it sounds like they can be able to talk to like people and their prey and things like that oh, so that way cool. they can some of them and also time it's the bad ones that are talking and it's purely for like intimidation like and grim fear. reaper-esque yeah kind of work on me right <laughs> yeah so you gotta uh, and usually also these dogs are far larger than a normal size dog so these are these are big dogs not just the little dog normal size like these are great dane or larger dogs and so you have a big dog yeah and like even still like like, because there's many different breeds of hellhounds because some of them look more pit bully some of them look more wolf-like some of them look more great dane inversion and so on and so forth but even when they are like one of those bigger breeds then they also just get scaled up even further than that so like they're big no matter what breed they are they're just so a just big like version of the breed version they are. of hell is just the worst version of that exactly <laughs> they're just like yeah take this dog and make it even bigger than it should be so <laughs> make it more aggressive bigger teeth yeah right could you imagine like a, a wolf-sized chihuahua i was just thinking that when you when i was saying that i was like that being said i don't think i've ever seen a small dog as a hellhound that was like turned up to be like a normal size dog's shape and so it's like you got a dog that's normally really small but then he turned into a hellhound so now he's like a normal size dog but he's scary i don't think i've ever I seen mean, that unfortunately let's do let's like get some chihuahuas up in here <laughs> get some pomeranian hellhounds <laughs> coming at you although a pomeranian hellhound would probably just like a look like a normal dog that's just fluffy because they're not all that ball of fire man. yeah exactly they're not like their shape isn't super distinct. It's just that they're fluffy and small. That that's what makes them special. So making them big, that just now you have a generic fluffy dog. But anyway, so we've got the uh, that's kind of the general look that most of the hellhounds come with. 
I think you can sum it up into a pretty good description of big and scary looking. Yeah. So that's, about right. that's generally what you can picture. But remember that although most of them are scary looking, which to be fair, that kind of just comes with the territory of being a, a hound and a specifically large hound. Not all of them are actually evil. Like, although they may look really scary and look really intimidating and terrifying, not all of them are actually out to get you. So mm. with that, we'll actually start going into some of the, the breeds and going into what they specific, what's special about them. Um, first off, we'll cover like kind of the, the generic one that just, it doesn't have a specific version. It's like the most talked about in wide media where like they don't specify anything special about the dog. Um, so these ones, they're generally, these ones are the ones that are most evil and usually vicious. Uh, that's not always the case, but these more generic hellhounds are more likely to be the angry evil ones than not. Uh, they also look these are the ones that look like the wolf, like really intimidating, scary dog kind of looking ones. And they're also, like I said earlier, very large. Uh, they also, which I thought was interesting because of like, so these ones are considered a bad omen to see. Uh, anytime you see one of these, it's like kind of almost like an omen of death. Like you're probably going to die within... Some people gave it a time frame. Usually it was like a year, but I think it was just in general bad times. Yeah, That's a yeah. terrible time frame. <laughs> I know, right? They're like, you see this dog and you're probably going to die within a year. Uh, I don't know if there, I don't know if it was because if you see the, the hellhound, it's because it's coming after you and therefore like you've only got so much time before it gets to you or if it was just like, kind of a curse where just seeing it cursed you and you were like gonna die of anything just because you saw it but or maybe they just like hanging out around dying people you know yeah it could be that you're already gonna die and you're just like it just so happens that like as you get close to death maybe like when you get close to death the veil of like death kind of pulls back and you can see more so then you're more likely to be able to see these hellhounds that are already there but now you're just imagining like like 12 year old me just like playing in the woods or something and a hellhound's like going after uh-huh. someone and then i happen to see him and i'm like oh no i just like no. start like oh <laughs> no right and that's actually there was actually a story uh that somebody talked that somebody wrote years ago it was way back in the day but he i think it was kind of a mixture between a story for like just for the fun of it but also like advice he was giving and he talked about how if you're walking through the city or like down an alleyway or something like that, and you hear a dog howling or like anything mm-hmm. like that, you think might be a hellhound. You should close your eyes immediately and not open your eyes back up until you're somewhere <laughs> safe, because yeah. there what? is a chance. How do you get home? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't specify that point, but he <laughs> recommended closing every wall, man. What? Right. Just feel along the the alleyway, along the doors and wall until you make it somewhere safe, but. His thought was that way you don't see the hellhound and therefore you're not going to die from it. It's not going to like curse you or whatever and cause you to die. So I don't know why that was his, uh, his word of advice, but I thought it was kind of funny of if you think you hear a hellhound and he even said, even if it isn't, even if it's not going to be better safe than sorry, just close your eyes and make your way home with your eyes closed because 
You don't want to take the Could chance. Could you imagine if we still did that today? I know, right? <laughs> People are just walking like in like the city or something. Everyone hears a dog, and then everyone just like closes their eyes. And yeah, starts everyone's like, oh, People cool. walking out into the street. Everybody that's yeah. driving closes their eyes. <laughs> I, I would say there would probably be a lot more noise-canceling things than there are now, just that oh, so people wouldn't hear them. It's like, nope, I didn't hear it. I'm good. Problem solved. Or maybe it would be the verse, the opposite, where there's people just sitting outside of the cities, just listening, trying to find them so they can warn people ahead of time. Maybe but. we'd all walk around with, like, Google glasses, and they just, like, put on a filter to add out any dog. You there know? you go. <laughs> Man. In this universe, Google Glasses would have actually become useful. Yeah, People they would have, have actually, actually taken them. them off for this very oh, niche use. Terrible. But so, yeah, there you go. If you ever hear a wolf or a dog howling, you uh, just be cautious. Make sure to keep an eye out or make sure to not keep an eye out, I guess, more likely. <laughs> so that way you don't get cursed or whatever it is that causes them. Um, also, these guys... Uh, depending on the the culture and the lore that you're going off of, a lot of them, especially the more Christian beliefs and, and cultures, they have this belief that because they're very related to demons, you can actually summon to you a hellhound. And when you do that, those hellhounds are most of the time very loyal to you because you summon them to you. And so now they're kind of like connected to you. Oh, so, yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's not... Cool typically how a demon summoning works i would exactly think. yeah usually when you summon a demon they're like very yeah, angry and like, in the brack you know exactly very very uh wily and you gotta like kind of trap them into doing what you need to but it seems like with hellhounds they're they really are just wanting to be man's best friend so if you summon so this them is like uh this is like they'll a do it disenchantment kind of like situation except for like what was the name lucy oh yes yes <laughs> yeah the, uh, the little uh i don't even i was gonna try and describe him but he, he like little well, everyone the king shadow has my cat things so. yes <laughs> yeah the little shadow cat demon but yeah so kind of like that where it's just like if you summon them and they're not always loyal but these ones are more often more likely to be loyal so that's where it's like i mean take it in stride and hope for the best i mean hey if i had a hellhound summoning power like i'm not gonna pass that thing up like that's right cool. right <laughs> but and so with these guys uh like i said not usually well not always are these ones evil sometimes they're just kind of like neutral uh and they just kind of aren't particularly they're they're more like forces of nature i would say where they're just like kind of there to do what they're gonna do and like they don't really care one way or the other for example, there's actually, uh, there's not much told about these guys. So that's where I'm not going to really dive deep into these guys. But there's a version of Hellhounds from Welsh called uh, Su Anan or something like that. Uh, I could mispronounce that. But it translates into the Hounds of the Welsh, or like the Hounds of the Underworld. And their underworld is a little bit different than ours. And so these guys are actually one of those versions that aren't fiery at all. And they're just, it's a pure white dog with red ears. Like that's what oh. the hellhound looks like here. Um, but these ones are always associated with like death. And they're kind of like, they seem to be like following death. Like they'll just like kind of gather around things that are dying or about to die. Almost like, 
like ravens kind of like in real life like yeah so they're like almost kind of like carrion feeders but like not really there to like kill a thing but just kind of like gathering in the area um i'm not really sure why but it just kind of seems like that was what they felt like they were like fun thing to do i suppose i feel like that's so much more more like foreboding though right Right? it's just like rather than this like uh generic hellhound that's all fiery and it's like snapping at you it's just like this this pure white dog with like red ears just staring at you from like off the distance man yeah yeah they uh i think i think they look really cool i think the the this is like one of the most like different versions different aesthetics of hellhounds that i was uh that i saw because most of them like i said earlier they're usually black dogs and like with like dark red eyes or glowing eyes and stuff like that whereas these guys they're just like they look like a from what i could tell just a normal dog that's just purely white with red red ears which i thought was like a super neat change on the normal what like every other culture typically goes with so and actually it sounds like the reason that they were colored that way is because in welsh culture the color for white was associated with like the supernatural and like ghosts and and things Mm -hmm. like that and then red was associated with death and and things like that so because of that with them being like white and red they were basically like supernatural omens and bearers of death so it was it's kind of neat how like the color concept became what they were so Uh yeah i thought it was neat but also other than that other than like kind of following death like the uh guys from welsh did other versions of hellhounds they're really big fans of guarding the undead or in some cases the underworld some cases they would just like guard graves and stuff like that and like their job was to keep the dead either protected or vice versa they could also be protecting the dead from coming back so Sometimes they were trying to keep the dead safe. Sometimes they're keeping the dead from coming back and attacking the rest of the, the living world. Like so, Cerberus, yeah. Exactly. Cerberus is an example of that, where that was his job is to, A, lead the dead into the underworld, but also to make sure that no dead left the underworld as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly where, like, there's a couple of other guys, a couple other hellhounds that we'll talk about that do a very similar thing which I think is neat. So now we're going to get onto one of the specific breeds of hellhounds. Um, and this version is actually called the black dog, which Ooh. I know is the most cool, like most specific name out there. Like so descriptive. Be confused. Exactly. With anything else. Um, the black dog is actually the European version of the hellhound. Uh, um, it's usually like most of the European nations or European countries there, this is the version of hellhound that they knew. And this is what they talk about, what they call them rather than hellhounds for some reason. I don't know why, because also most iterations of, or most countries in Europe are Christian or have Christian influences. So like the classic hellhound is very prominent there, but for some reason they didn't want to use hell in the name. So they went with this, black just, dog. this this might be just like like they could have had like hellhounds and this could just be maybe like a subtype that was just more it could be maybe? it could be um it is very like this 
black dog version is kind of like a subtype but then there's subtypes of the subtype if that makes sense so like it's like yeah so there's other subtypes underneath of it which is the next one we'll talk about it's like a a sub variety of the black dog so i don't know exactly why they went with this name or if maybe it is just like a specific variety of hellhound but for some reason this is what they went with and uh these ones as i mentioned earlier these were kind of along the very generic line of they're just a really big black dog they have supernatural abilities they can kind of go invisible slash possibly be like incorporeal so they can pass through walls and stuff like that and then these ones also have very unnaturally like large glowing red or yellow eyes and so spooky man yeah very spooky and there's actually there's a couple of different versions of these black dogs and some of them are nice and some of them are not nice uh and the not nice ones are uh specifically talked about as having red eyes so there's actually like advice given and like rumors spread that if you ever see a really big black dog you should look at its eye color because if it has red eyes it's bad and stay away from it and if it doesn't have red eyes if it has any other color of eyes then mm, like take your chances it might not be bad it might be okay and so that's where (laughs) like if any dog is like looking at me and if unless it's like eyes are like flashlights i'm not gonna get near that thing to check its eyes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's yeah exactly these guys usually have glowing eyes so seeing the eye color should be generally pretty easy um, unless it's in the middle of the day so if it's during the day maybe it'll be a little bit harder to tell what color they eyes they have but during the night it should be relatively simple because their eyes glow so brightly especially since they have specifically they talk about having large eyes like really big eyes for a dog which i think is odd um these guys also oddly enough are associated with electrical storms so oftentimes lightning storms or yeah yeah so like i don't know if it's that they attract electrical storms or that they're drawn to electrical storms i don't know which way it goes but it sounds it seems like oftentimes when one is in the area there's an electrical storm in the area nearby so and there's actually two instances we'll talk about where two of these black dogs were seen, quote unquote seen. And in that same area, there was an electrical storm at the time. So that I think might be partially where that rumor comes from is because of those two instances. But yeah, I think, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, it really sets like a even more foreboding atmosphere, right? So yeah, absolutely. And actually, there's another uh, phrase that is passed around with these guys that I thought was kind of interesting, though I don't specifically know exactly what it means. Uh, but for, so with these guys, I mentioned earlier that hellhounds are generally described as being like an omen of death. And if you see one, it's generally regarded as bad news and like almost a curse. Well, these guys, they have like, it sounds like almost like a tally system. So it said that if you meet a black dog once, it shall be for joy. If it's twice, it shall be for sorrow, and the third time shall bring death. So, I my interpretation of it because there, there isn't really any explanations on this, but from what I can understand, it seems like if you only see one once, then it's like, oh, cool, I saw one, but we're good. Like I can be happy about it because I didn't actually die. We're good. We're happy. No big deal. We can move on with our day. If you see it twice, then 
there could be need for sorrow because it might be that it's coming for somebody that you know. It might be coming for someone near uh, you. And so that's why it's it's been in the area because you haven't seen it too much, but you've seen it enough that maybe it's coming for someone you are associated with. And then the third one, obviously, if you see it a third time, then that probably means that it's coming for you. And at which point then it means death. That's kind of my interpretation of it, but I don't know. I could imagine you being like so excited. You see one like once, you're like, yes, uh-huh. a great day. <laughs> And then you see another one, you're like, no. Oh, third no, one, you're crap. And you kind of like, it, man. like, is it even worth seeing it the first time? Right. Probably not, man. I would say probably, for me at least, it would be, I see it once and I'd be holding my breath and then like two weeks go by and I still haven't seen it again. And I'd be like, okay, now I can be happy. Like, cool. I saw it once and I didn't see it again. You got to watch out for the rest of your life, man. Yeah, exactly. That's memories. true. That's true. But I would for sure, if I had seen it twice, though, I would be bit, like going down into a bunker and just locking myself in a room and just holding out for dear life. Because when you see it that third time, then it sounds like it's no coming back. Yeah, so, I'd be freaking losing that, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I thought that was a pretty neat uh, uh, phrase that was passed around with these guys. And I, I don't know if it's specifically that or if maybe it was like, maybe this was again referencing that curse where like seeing it the third time it is like a curse where you will die and like they're just kind of like cursing people who see them i'm not sure but that's just like kind of my thoughts on that one which i thought was kind of neat and i i I think it would be cool to have it just like following people and they're just like seeing it every once in a while like popping up on the hillside and they're like oh no here it comes (laughs) so but so now we'll go on to a uh, specific version of a black dog. And these guys are called Black Shucks, uh, which is kind of a oh, funny name in my opinion. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> ah, shucks. Uh, it's a black shuck. But so these guys, they're not a specific, it's not a specific one hellhound, it, but it's like a breed or like a group of them, I suppose. And these ones are like the really mean version of the black dogs that are like, coming after people and it's specifically the ones that you should like try and avoid uh they actually are talked about as being like ghostly black dogs in that like they kind of just appear places without like any forewarning they're just kind of there so just always surprising people exactly yeah awful for sure and so these guys are usually uh roaming around the british isles and there's actually a uh, the the first written messaging or like mention. Sorry, that's the word I meant, not messaging. Mention mm-hmm. of the black shuck is talked about by a guy named Reverend E. S. Taylor, and this was back in 1850. So before I was born, I think probably anyway. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can never keep track. Really, dates are not my specialty, but I don't know. Sure. Man. I remember when it came out. That was <laughs> man. What a cool but also terrifying day. Um, So in his notes, he talked about how he had received several uh, reports and people complaining to him, kind of uh, describing this dog that was in the area called shock, the dog fiend. Uh, That was at least what people called him. I don't know why people decided to name him shock, but Uh, 
like when I first read that, uh, and before you like clarified that these guys are like really bad, I was like, oh, we're gonna go on to like a friendly one because I read that <laughs> I Chuck the dog friend. <laughs> I am I am so glad that I am not the only person that does that. I do that all the time. I speak like, oh, in friend. This is every be time a story, and you're like, these guys are the worst. <laughs> yeah. I do that so often. So I'm glad you mentioned that because when I was actually doing this research and reading up on this, I was like, wow, Shuck the dog friend. Really? Man, I thought they were saying that he was bad. Why is this guy calling him? I'm so confused. And then I read further. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. I can't read. That makes sense. Nice. I just just feel bad for the like stray dog that people are calling a fiend. I know. (laughs) Yeah. There's probably just like some like, yeah, maybe there's this demonic dog running around in the area, but then there's also just r- this random stray black dog, and he's getting all the h- hate for this other dog running around in the area causing problems. <laughs> he's been like, I didn't framed. do anything. Seriously. But so everyone kept describing him uh, running around in the area, the dog fiend, not friend, contrary to popular belief. Uh, he is a dog fiend, and he, they talk about him being a phantom, and he has fiery eyes and he has immense size and they specifically talk about him visiting churchyards at midnight and so well actually this is where those two uh, instances that i talked about of the lightning storms come in so there's two reports that were almost identical uh they were in two different locations but like the play-by-play of what happened they were reported almost the exact same way and it happened on the exact same day as well so in chances i know right yeah so in on august 4th 1577 so this is a little bit before the reverend is getting reports of this black dog wandering around in britain back there's a in a place called bungay and another place called blytheburg i hope i pronounced those right but i i apologize Mm -hmm. if i didn't um so in both of these locations it was a Sunday. People were in church having a good grand old time and like totally normal day until all of a sudden this, this massive black dog bursts into the church, like kicks open the doors and they say with a clap of thunder. So like he comes flying into this church Why and entrance, man. for real it, for the, uh, for the one in Blytheburg, they specifically talk about it being the Holy Trinity Church that he that he came crashing into. And he ran up, like straight up the middle of the congregation. And apparently there was a relatively large congregation. So there's a lot of witnesses here. And they run up to the front of the congregation. And there was a man and a boy up at the like the steps of the the altar. And they were sitting there praying. The black shuck runs up to the front and kills both of them by biting their neck and with one bite he just instantly kills both of them Uh, one bite each kills both and then the church steeple collapses off of the the roof of the church and the dog goes running back out the church and they mention so much that like he was either running with such speed or that like he was again like affiliated with fire somehow for some reason that he actually left scorch marks on the door, on the north door of the church building. And those scorch marks actually can be still seen on those churches to this day. Oh, that's so, so cool, man. I still want to see that. I know, right? So, and that 
both the the same exact events happen in the same day in two different locations and on those days both of them there was a electrical storm like a a thunderstorm but without rain it was just like lightning in the air like dry lightning in yeah. those yeah in those both of those locations and so that was uh kind of the the work of a black shuck and what terrible like monsters that these things are they just come running into a church kill two people and then run out within like minutes it's just wild i think it's just interesting because like a lot of like folklore stories and stuff they'll be like very like sporadic stories not much is known about it like here's just a sprinkle of information and that's Mm -hmm. all we know nowadays but like with this story like there's not only just here's this you know pretty good amount of information this happened in two different places which yeah is crazy yeah and it's like very specific details that like on this day this happened in these two places and he did this 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 then he killed these people left at this time and then there was a lightning and storm and we can still see it today and there's still possibly like like scorch marks on the door from it it's like that is so crazy i think it's so cool but and uh so actually that's so that's kind of like the the gist of the bad version of these uh dogs of these uh black dogs that they have in Europe and it's actually this is where the author JK Rowling of the Harry Potter series I don't know if you've heard of it mm. uh, uh yeah <laughs> I, I I think I've heard of it once or twice from somewhere someone talked about it once um but the uh story of prisoners of as of the prisoner of azkaban where she talks about how there's a black dog in the area and then harry sees like a black dog in his tea and they talk about how it's a bad omen of death and they call it the grim that is where she got the inspiration or this is where she got the inspiration for that character that story it's from these black shucks yeah because they again when if you see one of these black dogs it's considered like a bad omen slash almost like a death sentence. And so in the movies slash books, when he sees his godfather, Sirius Black, who can turn into a really big black dog, everyone is freaking out because it's like, oh, he just saw a black dog. He's going to be, Yeah, this must be one of these black dogs, one of these hellhounds, if you will. And so he's doomed to die. And meanwhile, it actually turns out to be nothing. It's totally, totally fine. But I think it's kind of interesting to see the relation. Yeah, like, uh, honestly, I forgot about that part in the book. And that kind of changes the movie a bit. And like, you know, the the whole story. I agree. I I think, to me, it never really made sense uh, in the movie slash book, because it felt like it was kind of out of nowhere that like, he saw a black dog. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, you're gonna die. You're, you're doomed. And I was like, and I was at least for me, I was like, I don't understand. That makes no sense. Like, it was just a dog. It wasn't like it was coming at him. And then later on, they talk about how he sees the dog in his, uh, or like the hound, the grim in his tea. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's another omen of death. You're going to die. It's it's that black dog that's coming for you. I was like, but I'm so confused. It's like, well, I feel where like are they getting they this? That, they make that magic out to like almost like be fake. I yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> you're right. The the teacher, like, I love her. She's great. You know, I guess she's really weird. But like, it's really weird. You never really of, see her do anything. Yeah, it was kind of treated magic. as like the joke of the school. The joke, I mean, she yeah. she made like that great prophecy or whatever, right? But that's true. Yeah, she did make the prophecy. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I agree that is, that 
is I think probably where that came from, where I'm just like, yeah, she, she's totally wrong. So this, what else is wrong about this? But I think it makes a lot more sense now when you have the basis of like, okay, this is where they're pulling it from. This is why people are superstitious about this because black dogs and the hellhound creature is such a feared thing. So I think it's kind of neat. Cool to see like the incorporation of that lore. Yeah. Yeah. And then actually, uh, continuing on with the like relations of hellhounds with that lore in that they actually i don't know i mentioned it a second ago in the harry potter books and movie they mentioned that that omen is called the grim and a i think that is partially related to like grim reaper and stuff like that but they also that is also a reference though i don't know if it's intentional to another form of of werewolves which are called church grims which these ones are like the nice versions of the black dog, which I think is fun. So this is again in Europe or in the Europe area. And uh, so not necessarily like England, but just like all of the, that surrounding area. And the church grim is considered like a guardian spirit that is specifically given the task of guarding churches and church properties. And their goal is to try and protect it from those who would profane or commit sacrilege against that church. Which uh, so that they'd feels, have a pretty yeah. mean fight with the black dogs. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds like the Holy Trinity Church should have gotten themselves a grim a, month, a, a church. What are you doing? Yeah, because otherwise that, that would have then uh, saved those two people's lives, at least. Or maybe, hopefully uh and so these black or these sorry i keep wanting to say these black dogs but they're specifically they're black dogs but are specifically church grims um and these ones usually look like black dogs that's usually the form they take but they can actually uh appear in other versions like other animals they can look like other things uh sometimes they look like other dogs they even mention at one point that they look can look like a white rabbit for some reason uh so they can look like all kinds of different things but they're like, no matter what they look like, that their goal and their job is to try and protect the church from any other outside influence. Um, one of the things, one of the origins for where these guys come from, however, is very messed up. I this, I think this is terrible. It's it's kind of rude and and well, very rude and really kind of like I don't, I can't think of the word for it, but terrible and selfish very selfish of people um but the belief of where these grims came from and how to get a church grim to protect your church the way that you did it was by burying a dog alive underneath of the cornerstone of your church like the foundations of your church and then when your dog died when that dog died it would then become a ghost that would serve as a guardian for your church which that is so horrible to me that is so terrible man i mean like beyond like basically like torturing the dog by burying absolutely is it what you're like binding it to an eternal service exactly so yeah like you're saying selfish yeah yeah and so along that uh there's actually also a belief in that area that that the first being the first person or thing that was buried in a new church's graveyard. Uh, whoever it was that was buried there, that soul would get trapped in that graveyard and it would be their duty to guard that graveyard for forever. 
And so that it became also a thing to, when you were opening up a new church, again, kill a dog and bury it in the graveyard. So that way the first thing buried there was a dog soul, not a human soul. So that way you didn't trap a human soul in a graveyard because that would be cruel. Instead, you just trapped a dog soul in a graveyard and now they're stuck there forever. So again, people just, well, we don't want to, we don't want to trap a human. That's horrible. Let's just trap this per- this innocent animal here instead. But so that's uh, the horrible way that these guys like they're so nice. The church grim is just like such right. a nice, like wholesome, pure, like just wanting to help protect people and places. And yet it's such a horrible origin of where they come from. Yeah, it's just like so cruel. But these guys also weren't specifically always a dog. Uh, there was a, they could have buried any animal in the uh, churchyard, and it would have become a guardian. It would have become a church grim for that church. So there's actually stories of them burying and killing a lamb, a boar, a horse, all kinds of things in the bear. graveyard. Yeah, nobody right. gonna touch that church. <laughs> yeah, so. There's all kinds of different church grims out there that are other animals, which that might be where the origin of them appearing as other animals comes from is because they actually are other animals. But that's uh, that's how you can create one of those. And there's kind of like a side story that goes along with this that I think is just another example of people being horrible monsters to like just innocent little like loving animals. Uh, so this story, apparently there's a a river that people were trying to get across that they couldn't build a bridge across. Like They couldn't make it across the river without the bridge, but they couldn't get the bridge to span the entire river because I guess they weren't good at building bridges at the time. It's and hard, so, man. Okay. Right? Same. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't build a bridge, so I mean, I can't really blame them on that. But after trying to build several bridges and then them not being able to withstand floods that would pass through the areas, finally, they, the devil showed up and said that he would build a bridge, but only on one condition. And that was that if he built this bridge, the first living creature that would pass over the bridge would be a sacrifice to him. And so the, all the townspeople were like, yeah, sure. Sounds great. After the bridge was completed, they're like, okay, now who should we send over? And so they conversed and discussed for a little while and then finally they just they decided that there was this shepherd in the area who had a dog named grim so the shepherd swam across the river and got up onto the other side of the river other side of the bridge and then he called to his dog and the dog just comes running across the bridge to him because he's a nice fun loving happy dog and he got sacrificed to the devil for everyone else so yeah let's not do that i know right (laughs) but so now that the bridge has been named after him, so. They really hated, like, breaking in new structures, huh? I know, yeah. <laughs> they loved sacrificing other animals for them to be able to make those structures really great. Like, I mean, we want to sacrifice a, a being to this building so that way it'll be stronger, but we don't want to sacrifice a human, so I guess we'll kill our dog for it. But, so now after uh, that event happened, now that bridge has actually been called Kilgrim Ridge, which kind of a messed up name for it but hey at least he got a bridge named after him yeah, they could have been like a tribute to grim right like, yeah, yeah it could have been that but instead like, grim yeah. the good boy bridge but <laughs> no no it's kill grim but and then it was since after years was 
uh, renamed to Kilgram Bridge, which now it isn't even, even named after him. So what the heck? <laughs> you jerks. You took but, away his like, only reward. I know. Poor guy sacrificed, poor little doggo sacrificed his life and now doesn't even get a bridge name. But, and that's uh, the stories of the European uh, versions of Hellhounds. Like there's several different iterations, but some of them are nice and some of them are really, really not nice. And the nice versions I think are really cool because, well, other than the way that they are created, which I think is just an atrocity. But I think the fact that like they're there to just like kind of help guard the church and help protect the church from being ransacked and then also trying to protect the graves from being ransacked as well and trying to stop grave robbers from going in there, trying to protect the people who are buried in that yard. I think it's super cool. And like, yeah, it just is part of the motif of what hellhounds are is which is guardians of the dead slash the guardians of the underworld which i think is super cool and yeah. actually that leads us very nicely on to cerberus who is the goodest yeah, of boys man. boy is he um yeah. if if i can interject real fast go uh, for it have you guys ever played uh is it is it just called hades yes yeah Okay. I actually, I was like, I it's actually too simple almost, of a name, but I know, right? <laughs> I almost included that version of him, but he's not really accurate to what they described, and so that's oh, why I did. But but he's, he's the cool. best boy. He's Holy, such a good boy. like great game, and like mm-hmm. the best part of that game is you can pet that dog as many times as yes. you want. <laughs> Despite, and I kind of love it that you like so you can pet Cerberus, who's just kind of chilling in the underworld, and after you do it a couple of times then uh hades who's sitting nearby will just kind of like ridicule for him like oh my goodness is that all you're gonna do all day is just sit there and pet that dog it's like yes dad yes i will yes i am you can't stop me (laughs) i'll do it i don't care you can't make me do anything i'll do it again yeah so the goodest boy of the underworld cerberus which again like i mentioned earlier is a hellhound although i very rarely ever think of him actually as a hellhound but he is he's he's a hound and he's in quote-unquote hell what like that culture's version of hell yeah and uh so he's and he's there trying to his job down in in hades which is what they call that underworld is to protect the undead protect the souls of the dead uh so he is responsible with making sure that everyone who is dead and coming into Hades knows where to go and he's also making sure that none of the undead or none of the dead in the underworld escape and become undead out in the regular world and then his job is also to make sure that nobody in the overworld the living people come down into the underworld because in Greek mythology there are lots of people that try their best to try and get down into the underworld to rescue a dead like a family member or a lover that just recently died and they're trying to get them back up into the regular world so that they they can be alive again. But which is interesting in like media and stuff he's portrayed as like evil or whatever. I know. Like, really he's just like hey, I was given this job. I'm going to do it to the best I can. Yeah. And like he just doesn't want zombies, bro. Exactly. And that's what like his job. He's just trying to keep everything organized and like I said earlier, he like he's also just trying to part of his job is like directing the dead as to where to go. So like he like stands in the path and directs them as to which path to take and where to go so they don't get lost. So, like, he's not a bad guy. He's just 
trying to do his job and everyone just hates him because he's standing guard and preventing them from cheating the system and getting a family member back from the dead. And everyone just instantly hates him for that. And it's like, nah, my man's just, he's doing his best. He's trying to be a good boy. So he's actually, uh, and so for anyone who doesn't know what Hades or uh, Cerberus looks like, sorry, I kind of skipped past it real quick, but he's the normal, like the classic picture that you've seen of a giant like hellhound dog, but with three heads. And in the original media, they're the original writings from Greek mythology. He actually doesn't specifically have three heads. They kind of vary from having two heads to having up to like a hundred heads. Holy so it kind of changes depending, but the standard that people have settled on is three heads. Uh, and then he also has a snake tail. And also, again, in, in the original media or original writings, sometimes he has a snake tail. Sometimes he has a hundred snake tails. Sometimes he has like a mane of snakes. So it kind of changes depending on which one you go with. But the standard that has kind of trickled down and become the Cerberus that we know is a three headed dog. Sometimes he has a snake for a tail. So. Did they ever specify why he had multiple heads? Did it like help serve his purpose or? Um, I think it's specifically because, uh, or generally it's so that way he can keep an eye on more things. So the, the idea is because he's the guardian of, yeah. of the undead er, and he's trying to shepherd them as to where they need to go, he needs to have a, as many heads as he can so that way he can keep track, and keep an eye on everybody and make sure that no one's trying to E, A, sorry, not E, a slip past him or b getting lost so that's yeah. where like nobody can pull supposed to, this point. exactly he can see all directions so that's the uh, idea of that but and he's actually call back to one of our previous episodes he's one of the children of the the echidna monster yeah monster gods typhon and echidna that so. makes sense with all of the heads and tails. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was just, wondering about that. I was, I was just going to say, he's actually born, he's the second of many children that they have, but they have like four, quote unquote, like famous children. And the first one is Orthus, who's a two-headed dog. And his job is to get guard the cattle of a guy named Geron, or Geron. And then there's... Uh, Cerberus, who's born right after that. Then after that is the Lernian Hydra or Lyrian Hydra. I don't know how to pronounce that perfectly. Um, and then after that is the Chimera. And then uh. after that, there's just like a bunch of other children that like that was like the original four kids that they had. And then in later well, writings, any other monsters are just like, hey, yeah, exactly. that's Typhon and the kid does all exactly. That. <laughs> later yeah. on, they're just like, yeah, everything is. So by the way, go back and. Uh listen to our earlier episode on uh yeah it was super interesting so yeah if you want to learn about those guys we actually have an episode for them but and so he's one of their kids he's the second of their kids and all of their kids actually like i mentioned they the hydra the chimera him and uh orthus cerberus and orthus they all have many multiple heads so i think it was just kind of maybe it was just in the water that they were drinking they grew heads but (laughs) oh man they're a whole thing i tell you yeah well and then lastly a million heads doesn't he yeah yeah Yeah. he has a bunch of snake heads so and then so and then he has a snake body a snake lower body and she has a snake upper body or no other way around yeah other way around 
yeah. But so then the last hellhound good boy that we're going to be talking about real quickly, there's not a whole ton talked about him, but there's a guy, a, a goodest boy in Norse mythology named Garm. Uh, sometimes it's spelled, it's spelled G-A-R-M-R, or sometimes it, they drop that R and it's just G-A-R-M. Depends on which version you're looking at. It depends on who translated it. Yeah, probably <laughs> true. Yeah, they just, maybe somebody forgot the last R on it. But uh, this guy, this hellhound, he's associated with also guarding hell. He, his job is to try and protect the gates of hell so that way people, A, can't break in, and also people can't break out. Of that's hell, because, hell with one l by the way yeah that's hell with one l because the norse have to be different they got to spell things with one l instead of two amen <laughs> the distinction is important yeah <laughs> it's true it's true uh so that's this guy is actually um he's there's not much written about him and so because of that he often gets confused with another hound in norse mythology which is fenrir because uh, they also serve similar purposes and they're often have close to the same jobs so Except in several for, writings think, uh, they just garmer or garm um they're uh, he's on the good guy's side he's on yes. the god side during ragnarok instead of like Finnegan yes. being on the uh the other side i believe so as well yes though that being said like you said he is associated with ragnarok because there's a couple of different poems that they mention garm in one of them they talk about how his uh well so actually the first one that i was gonna wanted to mention because i thought it was hilarious there's this poem that they go through uh and the poem is called the word of odin in disguise uh, that's the translation of it the original version i i don't know how to pronounce it and i don't want to butcher it because it's difficult i think it's um, the small there we go thank you we got our norse mythology expert on the case that's uh, probably mispronounced. that's just how i would pronounce it it's closer than i could get but in that version, in that poem, they go through and they just like mention a bunch of different things talking about like how this item is the greatest of the of its kind. So they talk about Yggdrasil, the, the world tree is the greatest of all trees. And then they talk about Odin. He's the greatest of all gods. And then they talk about Garm. He's, he's the greatest, the of, greatest of boys. Yeah. So they, they literally call him. He's the greatest hound. And Do, I thought it was you think that might be a little bit of bias. Probably, yeah. possibly, but I, on I, I'll take it. And... I mean, because yeah, it. once like Fenrir might have been like the favorite at first, but then Odin was like, "Oh, he's gonna betray us." Yeah, right. no, just kidding. <laughs> Garm, you know you're what? the best Actually, boy. Garm, you're my favorite. Yeah, my favorite boy now. You but won't betray so, me, right? The goodest of boys in Norse mythology. He is also uh, associated with apparently when Ragnarok kicks off, his howling is going to kind of be like the signal that it's begun. Uh, well, along with many other things like in Norse mythology there are so many different things that are quote, oh, the whole quote, list the signal yeah. of Ragnarok beginning but one of those is also Garm howling when he does so then that means that Ragnarok is beginning and it's starting off which I think uh, is neat so he's got he's like, like the, the whistle to start the track exactly yeah <laughs> he's out there everyone get to their get to your stations Ragnarok's beginning so <laughs> Yeah, I think it's kind of neat. Fun little guy. But then also along with that, when Ragnarok is happening, he it's said that when Ragnarok is kicked off, he will then be loosed from his bounds and he will battle with Tyr. And so I don't know. I can never remember where Tyr stands in like the the 
pantheon of whether he's for or against two, but apparently in the uh, Ragnarok, he's supposed to be fighting Tyr. So yeah, so um, yeah, that's it's kind of hard because like it's kind of like sometimes Ragnarok is like depicted as a kind of like a free for all kind right? of <laughs> yeah, they just like <laughs> everyone every man man. yourself. Um, because if he's fighting Tyr, Tyr is technically on the side side of the gods, but right, he's also Garm was also like supposed to be like a like kind of like on their team, but it's, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, but yeah. is he gonna betray know. them? I mean, who's Man. to say? I, it, he is the goodest boy, so I don't think it's possible. But maybe they should just well, give Tyr, up on having well, dogs. Tyr's <laughs> also like a really bad uh, handling animals because he's there. The you go. Let Fenrir bite his. That's arm right. So, so maybe maybe Tyr just upset Garm yeah. years ago, and so he's like, "All right, like as soon as Ragnarok kicks off, I'm coming for you." Maybe Garm but. bit off Tyr's other arm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, along that line, it's it's very possible that that does end up happening because according to the the stories, Tyr and Garm are supposed to actually kill each other in Ragnarok. So it might be that he bites off his arm, but then maybe Tyr stabs him from the inside. I don't know. <laughs> but so, yeah, that's uh, the last like one of the biggest. Like He's not really mentioned much, but he has like such a cool job in Norse mythology that I think is really neat. And he feels very, very similar to Cerberus to me. Yeah. Uh, as far as Hellhounds go, like they both serve, serve a very s- similar purpose. So. They're different oh, from like the European yeah. one in such a way where they're more similar to each other than yeah, they are to absolutely. the European one. Yeah. Where they're like, yeah. they're kind of put up onto a pedestal and given like a lot of responsibility, whereas the usual, the European versions, they're just like, ah, yeah, they're just a crazy rogue dog going doing what yeah. it wants. So. Yeah, that's really true. Yeah, but so that's uh, that's the hellhounds that we have through history that I think are it's so varied depending on where you're looking, depending on what culture you're paying attention to. They could be really nice, or they could be really mean, and they could look like fire, or they could look like totally different. They could look like a regular dog. And for example, actually, I'll mention real quick. There's actually uh, a couple of movies that they're in. One of them is have you if you've ever seen uh, Hellboy, I don't know. It, yeah. It's great movie, man. Very Ron good. Perlman, man. So what good. Way better than the current or than the the new one. The remake one. Yeah, yeah. The remake. Yeah. Can't get behind. Ron Perlman will always be the OG Hellboy to me. Man. But yeah, he will. In in that movie, and then also in the Predator movies, both the the movie called The Predator or in the movie called predators and then the movie called the predator not confusing at all not um, the, the naming convention could use some it, it could definitely use some numbers for sure but in both of those movies they actually have hellhounds in them but they're like more sci like sci-fi space alien kind of hellhounds where they have like tentacles and stuff like that and yeah. they're not the typical like regular wolf like dog or whatever it's really so. interesting like in yeah. those two like instances, like they're not what you think a hellhound would look like at all. Yeah. Like I had to look up uh, what the hellhounds in Hellboy looked like, Same. just to remind myself. <laughs> and man, Same. it's really cool. Like they look it's like cool. they're straight yeah. from like uh, Lovecraftian like yeah. horror. You know, it's mm-hmm. awesome. Which is kind of the aesthetic that they go with in Hellboy. That's like the aesthetic of hell that they're going with. Is like yeah, very it's, it's super tentacle neat. Lovecraftian kind of thing. So it fits, but. 
I definitely agree with you. When I was reading that he was in there, I was like, wait a second. What? I don't remember there being a hellhound. So I had to Google it and saw the picture. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy now. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, last, I just want to mention a couple other the greatest books game or movies time, that I think are RuneScape. interesting. Yeah, baby. <laughs> RuneScape has some hellhounds, of course. <laughs> um, and then taking you back a couple of years. I don't know if if either of you ever read the book, The Hound of the Baskervilles, which is a Sherlock Holmes book. No. And it's actually pretty good. When I read it when I was a kid and it kind of scared me because it's got some pretty suspenseful moments. But so that's a book written by Arthur Conan Doyle. And obviously it's the he's the author of all of the Sherlock Holmes books. And in that book, there is a giant hound with red eyes that is terrorizing the area. And that's actually based off of the black hounds uh, or the black dogs is it like supernatural do you know or is it what did we just yeah it's well it's alluded to be supernatural and whatnot but there's some twists in the book obviously that that change things but oh okay yeah it's it's very cool and it's like i said at least when i was a kid when i first read it very suspenseful i was scared because they they do a very good job at like creeping you out and making them seem making that dog seem incredibly intimidating because it's such like a, a grounded series it's such like a normal universe and then now they have this like supernatural like <laughs> dog coming after like hunting people and it's like this is very different mm-hmm. so and then of course i gotta find a way to throw in this series somehow every series every time but in the book series the wheel of time they actually have a version of hellhounds called dark hounds and they're they're actually super cool iterations they have saliva that is like like kind of like a mixture between acid and poison and so like when it gets on your skin it'll like burn your skin but then if you don't like get healed immediately you're gonna die it'll like it'll get into your system and kill you oh they sound like Uh, lots of fun man yeah they're so fun and they actually have a really weird thing where they don't leave footprints in like dirt or like any kind of normal material like if you if they step in mud, they don't leave any kind of marks. But then if they step in stone, they leave footprints as if it was like the softest, like gooey wow. mud ever. So oh, that's so like, it's interesting. very weird. Yeah, because like the idea is that these are so a little bit of a spoiler for the book series, but it's not that big of a uh, change. But the idea is that these guys are like regular dogs, regular wolves that got corrupted and turned into these evil creatures, and so that's where like they're basically the exact opposite of what a normal wolf is so where a normal wolf will not leave footprints in anything in any stone but they will in regular soil oh these guys are the opposite where like they're super easy to track over stone but out in the wilderness like in the woods you can't track them no matter what like they won't leave footprints and they just like turn and like basically disappear which i think is really cool authors are like so cool every time i know right you write a book i'm like i am not that smart yeah yeah (laughs) And then uh, the last couple of references, of course, they're in Call of Duty Zombies, obviously. I hate those rounds, man. They <laughs> they're so fun. They're exciting. You get free ammo at the end. That's the best. Uh, and then I die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's well, that's fair. Uh, then lastly, of course, we always got to mention there's a Pokemon based off of Hellhounds. Actually, there's what there's uh, the base version, which is called Houndor, and then it's evolution and called Houndoom. And they're both cool Pokemon, they're based though, off of so. them. Yeah. I think they're uh, they're ghost and dark uh, type. Dark type. Yeah. The ghost yeah. dark type. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know you're yeah. talking about. 
But yeah, and those guys are based off of a hellhound. And that is not a very subtle uh, re- reference. Those are, not it's pretty all. clear that they're <laughs> based off of them. So, which I, I think is cool. Oh, man. But I can't but yeah. believe you're going to glaze over one of the most iconic references. Am I? Supernatural. Oh, yes. Who could They're forget the Hellhound supernatural. supernatural, man? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I could forget that? them because <laughs> you never see them. They are always invisible, which is a weird which choice. Is the most annoying thing in the, uh, the world. I hate it. Hey, man, but it saves them a lot on budget, okay? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so true. Like, do we want to CGI this? Nah. nah. Like <laughs> Just make it invisible. Problem solved. Genius. <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, you're right. I forgot there is. they are in Supernatural as well. And they have, a, I think, kind of a reference to uh, the thing we were talking about earlier, where if you see them, it means you're going to die. Uh, because in that series, after you make a deal with the devil, when you're like, deal has run up so like you make a deal with the devil and you say like i want infinite money for the next 10 years of my life and then when those 10 years are up now the the devil or the demons that made that deal with you will send a hellhound to kill you and collect your soul and in that show the hellhounds are always invisible unless they're coming after you if they're coming for you to kill you then you can see them and like, you'll see them running around and stalking you and like following you around until they eventually come after you and kill you. And I feel like, I I think that's kind of like unlimited money for a hundred years. In the show, I think they almost always go in increments of 10 years, which is why I use that. So they almost always give a deal and they say, okay, you've got 10 years to live or something like that. But yeah, maybe you could swindle them into a better deal. I don't know. I'm not I don't know, stalker. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they are in that as well, and they are super boring because you never see them, which I think is so lame. Yeah, it's pretty but, lame. But yeah, that's Hellhounds, and uh, I think they're super cool, and they are way more varied than I thought they were. Because I, I come yeah, into every same. episode, and I'm like, I think I know what we're talking about today, right? And, no, and then you find out what. Then you find out that there's alien hellhounds that are coming with predators to kill you, which I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely then, insane. There's also I mentioned I didn't mention earlier, but real quickly, there actually are hellhounds in Ghostbusters. There's two hellhounds in that. Oh my they're god! Ghost hellhounds. Yeah. So they're all. There are so many different versions of them that I had no idea about, and I think it's cool to talk to be able to find a way to talk about cerberus because there's not a whole ton about him most of the lore of cerberus is just like in reference to the times Everything that people else. tricked him yeah like they'll they'll be like a whole story about a guy who went down to the underworld to bring back his love and in that no, story they're like oh yeah and they slipped past hate past cerberus anyway and it's like but, yeah it's, it's literally like a tour guide uh, yeah like, <laughs> to our left is cerberus let's pass him now <laughs> like, yeah so that's like there's never really much written about him, but he's so cool and such like an iconic creature that I I was so happy to be able to find a way to like find a category that we could talk about him in. So seriously, yeah. But otherwise, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Yes, uh, thank you, everybody. Means the world to us. We just we love to do this. If you're just doing it for fun, and uh, so happy that people are enjoying it. Yeah, uh, if share you share with your friends yeah share it with a friend talk. who it's super cringe <laughs> super cringe to you but everybody else loves it just because <laughs> you're in it and you hate it but yeah probably but, 
You go, yeah, so go to our TikTok. It's hilarious. He said has been knocking bathtub. it out of the park. I sat in the bathtub <laughs> with water running on me last episode or last video. So <laughs> he's doing he's putting his body through hell. <laughs> Get it, reference. Um mm, unintended. I'm working like a dog. And it's Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to get these TikToks out. So go and show that some love. And then if you uh, if you could, we'd love to be able to love it if you shared it with a friend and then dropped us a follow or a rating on whatever platform yes. it is. Right? Good rating, preferably. Yeah, I mean, if you preferably. could, if you could, a good rating would be great. But if all you've got left is bad ratings, I mean, suppose I'll take that too. But, <laughs> uh, and then other than that, we'll uh, catch you next week with uh, another episode. Bye.